Hi, this is Andy of Andy's Personal Development and we are currently live in the breakout room. So, welcome and welcome and we love being here for you with quality and value to inspire and to transform. Remember, we are on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon and iTunes. Today, as usual, we have a special guest to share with you for your development and growth and to live your better informed life. So, grab a cup, pull up a seat and stay tuned for the introduction right here now, live in the breakout room. It's the place for health, happiness and prosperity. Stay tuned. Our next guest in the breakout room is Dawn Michelle Blair. She is a registered hospice nurse case manager and an avid animal lover who adores animals of all types. Especially dogs. Dawn is also a warrior of chronic limb disease still battling the illness today. She is the author of Me and Mr. Monks, the story of the beloved little rescue dog named Mr. Monks. She says he was a loyal companion, an amazing pet, and most importantly, the best friend anyone could ever ask for. This is the publication. So, let's welcome in the breakout room this awesomely inspired guest with her favorite pet, of course, Dawn Michelle Ben. Hi everyone, this is Andy of Andy's Personal Development and we are live in the break room with our special guest today, Dawn Michelle Blair. Dawn, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on the show. So let's get right ahead into our episode. And the first question we want to ask you, Dawn, as we, uh, as we assume our conversation is, what kind of childhood did you have growing up as a young lady? We, we all have a foundation, a base from which we have grown up from that would take us to the time when we would make our decisions about life and stuff and the things we want to do. But somehow or the other, it seems as though our early childhood days would have had some sort of effect or affect that decision that we're going to make about our future. What was it like for Dawn Michelle Blair as a young lady growing up? It was, it was pretty rough. Um, so my mother, when I was three years old, was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Wow. And was in and out of um, multiple hospitals, mental hospitals. Um, mm -hmm my whole life um and my father had multiple girl girlfriends and when he was out always out of town wow. so um i had a twin i have a twin brother mm -hmm. um so we kind of um grew up together of course but you know honestly the thing that saved me um growing up because my mother wasn't always in the hospital and my father was you know for the most part mia um, 
was uh, horseback riding. Yeah. Um, I was a big, big into horseback riding. Um, became really um, big into it when I was 10 years old and my dad bought me my first pony. Um, and the people that were in the horseback riding world really took me in and, and took kind of care of me. Yeah. So I credit them more so with a lot of my development growing up than, than my parents. Wow. Uh, because they weren't around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Thanks for sharing, Dawn. And as you begin to experience growth and as you begin to develop, um, how did you decide that you wanted to be in the medical term of, in terms of hospice care and that kind of stuff? How did that happen? Well, um, really, I have two degrees. I have one degree. My first degree is a bachelor's in communications, mass right, right. My second degree is uh, a nursing degree. Um, okay. I went back to school in um, 2009 to get a nursing degree because of, you know, I was inspired by my mother mm -hmm. who had been sick her whole life mm -hmm. or, or the whole life that I, I'd known her. Yeah. Um, but I was inspired by her. Um, and that is why I went back to school to do, to do nursing. Now, hospice is a totally different thing. Okay. Um, when it comes to nursing, it's a totally different type of nursing. Mm -hmm. You're not trying to help anyone. <laughs> You're trying to save anyone. Okay. okay. You're, you're trying to make someone comfortable yeah yeah so that they can pass away right yeah hospice is my niche in in nursing i mm -hmm. found that out okay many jobs right right okay great thanks for sharing Dawn. um i'm curious about the fact that you are described as a warrior with regards to limb disease you want to share that with us a bit? And I know it would be something close and passionate to you, but I feel there's so much value in your story. Could you share with us, please? Of course. Um, so I was diagnosed in August of 2020 with Lyme's disease, chronic Lyme's disease. Mm -hmm. So I've had it for a long time. And honestly, I started having symptoms in June of 2017. And I, I went to 26 doctors. Um and they all turned me away, said I was crazy, said it was in my head, said I was doing it to myself. Um, wow. um, my symptoms got worse and worse and worse. And by the time I was diagnosed, I was almost in a wheelchair. Oh, boy. Um, I couldn't work. Uh -huh. um, I couldn't even leave the house, honestly. Um, wow. So I found a functional medicine doctor in Northern Virginia. Mm -hmm. And... She's, she was wonderful. Um, she immediately knew what was wrong with me. Of course, she drew 10 pages of lab work, but okay. um, she, she immediately knew what was wrong with me, and they put me on this protocol. And um, within six weeks, the symptoms were completely reversing. I mean, I felt like a new person. Okay. Um, now, I have had a relapse um, last October right after Mr. Monks passed away, mm -hmm. yeah. I had a relapse mm -hmm. and um, all of the symptoms have come back to, to a point, not as severe. Okay. But Don, could you, could you tell us, you know, for the sake of those who might be listening and need the information, need the education, what are some of the acute signs and symptoms that 
you would see in the early stages so that you could take appropriate action, be proactive? What should they look for? So in the early stages of Lyme's disease, if it's right after you've been bitten, uh-huh. look for a bullseye type rash. Oh. It's like a bullseye. Right, um, right. And then you'll you'll probably you, you, some people don't even ha don't ever have that though, mm -hmm. or you, you know some so a temperature a slight temperature, yeah. uh, it's sore throat stuff like that. Okay. Um, I never had any of that, mm -hmm. but if 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 somebody knew they got bitten or or suspected they got bitten by a tick. That's the kind of things they would want to look for. Okay. Okay. And could you tell us of some of the preventative measures that they could take in terms of, is there, is there any form of self-medication or should they seek a professional help? And, and who in, in the medical profession field specifically should they seek help from? Well, normally, if you know you've been bitten by a tick and you go to their, your PCP, mm -hmm. uh, they will prescribe you doxycycline. Okay. And that will take care of it. Okay. But there are people like me that weren't diagnosed for many, many years. And mm -hmm. so they have chronic Lyme's disease. And so the only type of doctor that will really, you know, help with that type of illness when it's chronic is a, a Lyme literate doctor. That's okay. what they call. Okay. Or, okay. And most of them are functional medicine doctors or osteopaths. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great. Thanks for sharing. I'm sure that information will be of great value to someone. So let's look at some of the more fun times for you, Dawn. How did you make contact? How did you come in contact and meet Mr. Monks? What was that experience like for you? Well, um, my husband and I, we, um, we, we volunteer a lot with multiple animal rescues and we have pit bulls. Um, okay. We're big pit bull people. And right. so we were volunteering with a pit bull rescue that was doing a, an adoption uh, event on Valentine's Day, 2015 mm -hmm. at one of the local shelters around here. All right. And they would frequently do this at, at this shelter or do a adoption events at this shelter just because the, the animals never got seen. The, the shelter's run by the police department and mm -hmm. so they never got seen. Um, right. So at this adoption event, it was, I remember because it was so frigid, it was so cold, it was like 30 yeah. degrees. Right. Um, we, me and my husband went into the shelter. When we came back out, we noticed this little tiny fluffy Ewok looking creature sitting in a crate. Right. And I turned to Opie, who is the president of, of Ring Dog Rescue, which is the okay. rescue that we were with. Right. Uh, her real name is Amanda. Okay. Um, but I, I looked at her and I said, who is that? And she says, don't touch him. He's mine. He's coming home with me. You don't even have a, don't even think about it. Okay. So, um, you know, she did, she did let me get him out and, and, and look at him. And he was a mess. And um, mm. he did look very much like an Ewok. Um, oh, boy. Or a gremlin. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he was adorable. Um, and I told her, I said, well, if you find that you don't, he can't stay with you because you have so many dogs, you know, let me know because I have everything for a small dog because okay. I had one years previous. But right. um, within 45 minutes of leaving, the adoption event she's calling me and saying telling me i'm bringing him to you okay and so that's how mr monks came into my life and he walked into my house you know and at that time we had two pit bulls mm -hmm. 
he walked into my house and took over. I mean, it, it, it was like he had lived there his whole life. Wow, that sounds amazing. How, yeah. how did he? How did he get the name Mr. Monks? How did that come I didn't about? Do that. Oh. I didn't, well, I, you know, at first his his name was Monkey. I called him Monkey. All oh, right, yeah, yeah. I like the Monkey. Yeah. And um, so then when you know when I decided to start his Instagram, I named him Mr. Monks. Okay. Great. And he was rescued on Valentine's Day 2015. Valentine's Day 2015. Oh, ironic. Ironic. So tell us, Don, what difference did the coming in of Monk or Mr. Monk's make in your life? What changed as a result of him coming into the family? Oh, my gosh. Well, this dog was like a person. Ah. Very human-like. Um, mm -hmm. He was a supermodel. To begin okay. with, um, okay. you could pose for hours for photographs. Mm -hmm. um, you could put any kind of clothing on him. He would wear it, any uh, wigs, shoes. Um, I mean, this, he had more, he has more clothes than my husband will ever, ever have. Um, wow. he, he had a bucket swing that he'd swing in in the backyard. He had multiple pool floats. Um, there, he, well, he, and he wasn't afraid of anything. He was fearless. Okay. The thing about him was that he was so attached to me mm -hmm. and I never had another living creature that was that attached itself to me like he wow. did wow wow it was just he was he was the he was the epitome of joy okay okay and was that connection instantaneous or did it grow over a certain period of time as you shared experiences together I want to say for him, I think it was instanta instantaneous, okay. but for me, it was over a period of time. Um, uh -huh. I, I really believe that he thought in his mind that he knew we were supposed to be together, but um, okay. he was my foster dog for six months. And um, I, I finally adopted him because I couldn't let him go. Okay. Okay. Great. Uh, I'd never had another living creature or li you know, living, breathing creature look at me the way he did. Wow. That's that's an amazing. I feel the passion there, Dawn, and thank you so much. Thank you yeah. so much. I can imagine. So, what prompted you to write the book, Me and Mister Monks? So, last October twelfth, two thousand twenty-one, yeah. he unexpectedly passed away. Oh my my! And um, you know, uh, he was my he was my best friend. Okay. And really, my soulmate. I, okay. You know, this dog literally went with me everywhere right. and was with me through the three and a half years of hell with Lyme's disease. Right. Um, and um, he kept me from killing myself okay. because I wow. thought about it. Wow. Every week. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, with him, he, when he passed away, I was so overwhelmed with grief, mm -hmm. upset, and just, I didn't know what to do. Um, I decided one day sitting on my sofa, I said, I'm going to write a book about him. Okay. Because that's how people will know yes. how wonderful of a creature he was mm -hmm. and how he changed my life, um, which he did. Right. He wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for him. Okay. You know, just as I rescued him, he rescued me right back. Okay, great. What is one of the great lessons that you would have learned as a result of the experience with Mr. Monk? Something that would remain with you? All right. Um, no processed food. So no chips, no crackers, no nothing like that. 
Wow. All gluten-free. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I lost a ton of weight, but, um, you know, that's what I, I, like anybody that has Lyme's disease has to maintain a very strict diet. Okay. No I alcohol. Get it. Uh, I know. get it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that was a big thing. Exercise, you know, I, I work out every day, but you know, they okay. exercise as much as, you know, as you're comfortable with. But. Okay. So, so how was the challenge for you with regards to doing away with all the things that you were accustomed to with regards to the diet and having to make this paradigm shift, uh, no condiments, no gluten, no sugar, that kind of stuff. How challenging was that for you? Oh, it was very challenging because I was addicted to sugar. I would wow. drink Red Bulls a day. Oh my goodness. The full, like not sugar-free ones, the real, okay. you know, and yeah. I would sweets like crazy. Wow. But you know, uh -huh. sugar feeds the bacteria. Yeah. That's um, right. And it makes it go crazy. So, mm -hmm. um, I mean, it was, it was hard. It was tough. My husband even had to go on the diet and he lost a lot of weight, but okay. Um, you know, the sympathy diet, I guess he calls it, but um, yeah, it, it was hard. It was hard. Okay, okay great. Uh, what advice, Dawn, would you give to someone who has been diagnosed with the disease now and absolutely needs to make that change with regards to the diet and so on? What are some of the things that you would tell them to encourage them? Because it would be something so new that they may not even know how to begin. Yeah. So I would tell them that it is the most, one of the most important parts of treatment is, is, is a changing your diet. Okay. You know, cutting out all junk food, all processed food, all, all foods with sugar, all foods with gluten. Okay. Um, eating, na eat, eating natural organic. Um, right. It, it's really time consuming. Mm -hmm. Time consuming. Um, but um, when you have to prepare everything from scratch. Mm-hmm. But it is worth it in the end because okay. that is such a big part of your treatment. All right. Great. Thanks for sharing. We really appreciate it. We have been speaking with Dawn Michelle Blair, and she's been sharing some vital information with regards to her fight with Lyme disease and her experience with her favorite pet of all lifetime, Mr. Monks. And she has written a book entitled Me and Mr. Monks with regards to that. So what we're going to do is take a short break and we'll be right back shortly. Don't go anywhere. FindRadioGuest.com The place to click to find guests to interview for free. And if you're a radio show booker, podcaster, talk show host or television producer, then this is the place to get podcasts and radio interviews or promote your books and products as a guest expert sponsor. FindRadioGuest.com. Check it out. And we are right back in the breakout room live on Andy's Personal Development with Dawn Michelle Blair. And she's been sharing some valuable personal and also some emotional stuff about her fight with Lyme disease, and her story about me and Mr. Monks. Dawn, tell us, what is the future like for Dawn Michelle Blair? What are your plans that you have for yourself going forward? What do you see shaping up for your future? Well, my plans are, you know, to promote this book as much as mm -hmm. possible. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully it will be very successful. Um, and 
I would I see myself being a writer um, writing I already have another book in the works okay um, great so that's what there's that's where my passion is um, it, it is not you know I, I love hospice nursing but you know I, I can't do it forever right. um, it's a tough stressful job mm. and as you know stress is it's not good for chronic yeah. illness yeah that's right wonderful great now Dawn, we have a lot of things that are happening in the world today, and I normally would ask this question to most of my guests. Um, if you had to remove one thing from the world that you think uh, is really a struggle for most people, you know, with regards to everyday life, um, what that one thing would be for you? What would it be? The one thing that you'd want to remove from the world? Well... The U.S. healthcare system. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why, Don? Because it's terrible. Oh my! And there's need for reform, right? I mean, lots of reform. Big time reform. Yes. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Wow! But how can they reform it to make it better so that it serves the people? So I believe in um, government-run healthcare. Um, mm -hmm. European countries and. Okay. and um, I believe, you know, or in Canada, um, mm -hmm. I believe that a government, like what Obama was trying to, to yeah. try, try to do, okay. Um, okay. I believe in that because there you get, it's not all about money. It's not all about greed. You know, mm -hmm. it's not, you know, right now, the way the U.S. healthcare system is set up is it's insurance companies and, you know, how much is this drug going to cost? And yeah people bankrupt themselves trying to pay for treatment for, right. for diseases. Yeah. And I think that's, that is, that should be, so I think that healthcare should be a basic human right. <laughs> mm. so, and it's yeah. not, it's okay. not. Okay. Wow. Thank you for sharing Dawn. Now, do you have the opportunity to do any speaking with regards to uh, being a survivor and a warrior of Lyme disease or even about the promotion of the book? Do you do any talks with regards to the promotion of the book and so on? I have not yet. Okay. Uh, I would love to, but okay. I have not yet. Okay. Uh, are you currently working with any non-governmental or non-profit organizations with regards to bringing people to a sense of awareness of how they could deal with Lyme disease and so on? Is that happening anywhere in your community? I am not working with any nonprofits about for Lyme's disease. Um, okay. You know, I'm, as far as I know, I don't know of a whole lot of nonprofits okay. that that are um, engaged to. Yeah. Uh, okay. Fair enough. Wonderful. I'm going to ask you three questions as we come to the end of the episode. And it's, it's kind of a little bit fun. And at the same time, it kind of probably puts you on the spot. But the answers are real simple. You have either or. So um, if you have to choose a sport, would it be baseball or NFL football? NFL football. Wow, that was quick, Dawn. I wonder why. <laughs> I find baseball boring. Oh, a whole lot of people say that. Yes. And then, but it's supposed to be America's favorite pastime. Well, I don't know. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, right? I, I hear that. Okay, so great. So you choose NFL football. How about ham and cheese 
or peanut butter and jelly? And that may not be the direct question that I want to ask you based on the diet that you have. But if you had to choose one, hypothetically, which uh -huh. one would it be? Peanut butter and jelly. Oh, boy. From childhood days, I suppose. Yes. Yes. All right. All right. Great. I hear that. I hear that. Okay. So there are two of the most popular vehicles on the road today. Uh, one is the BMW. And the other is the Mercedes-Benz. Which one would you choose? Our Mercedes-Benz all the way. Right away. Why? Why? Because they, well, BMWs are known to break down. <laughs> okay. And, <laughs> and there's a high level of reliability yes. and class with the Mercedes. Yes, I, I get that. I get that. You have been an amazing guest, Don Michel Blair. It has been an extreme pleasure speaking with you. So I'm going to go off camera now and I'm going to give you the opportunity to share your information, your hashtag, your handles, if you have a website that you can send folks to and how they can get your book, Me and Mr. Monks. So all to you. Go ahead, Don. So my book is for sale on um, Amazon.com. It's also for sale on BarnesandNobles.com. And my website which is mrmonks.com. Um, I also have a very, very big Instagram account, and that account is at mrmonks.com um, or at mrmonks on Instagram. And um, I also have um, a Facebook, which is Dawn Blair, uh, and you can find me on Facebook. Um, and then um, Mr. Monks has a Twitter account, which is mrmonks3 just Mr. Monks with the number three. Um, so they are all my social media um, platforms, um, except, oh, I do have a TikTok account, which is also in the name of Dawn Blair, um, which I feature videos of Mr. Monks and um, vi videos of the, you know, kind of the book. Um, and, and that's on TikTok. Okay, great. Thank you so much for sharing, Dawn. We really appreciate you being on the show and sharing such deep personal and emotional information. And we hope that you have many success going forward as you continue to fight and as you continue to write. We hope to see more publications coming out from you yes. and much more success with me and Mr. Monks. So there you have it, folks. Dawn Michelle Blair, a guest on Andy's Personal Development in the Breakout Room. And we hope to see you next time. In the meantime, remember that you need to stay healthy, happy, so that you can achieve prosperity. Until then, this is Andy of Andy's Personal Development, along with Dawn Blair, saying, Godspeed, God bless. Namaste. Thanks. Shalom. Bye for now.